Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kodinitsya, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and remarkable Ukrainians from around the globe. Today is Wednesday, October 26, 2022. Our guest for this episode is Andrian Prokip, who is a senior associate at the Kennan Institute Kiev office and also director of the energy program with the Ukrainian Institute for the Future. And this episode is produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper in English published in the US since 1933 for the global Ukrainian community. Welcome, Andrian, how are you? I'm well, hi, Mike, how are you? Good, good, thank you so much for joining us today on Kodinitsya. My pleasure. To start off with, I'd like to talk a little bit or have you talk a little bit about your educational and professional background. Well, actually, during recent 15, more than 15 years, I have been working on energy policy and uh, my PhD and doctoral dissertation were on energy and energy security. And for, for many years, I was uh, working in academia and university. And since 2016, I moved to Think Tank, so I'm working in the Think Tank in Kyiv and also affiliated with the Kennan Institute at the Woodrow Wilson Center. So energy is the, the key, my area of interest and expertise. So can you tell our audience a little bit of both the, about the Kennan Institute and also about the Ukrainian Institute for the Future? Well, Ukrainian for the Future is the independent think tank established more than six years ago in Kyiv. Uh, and it was established uh, and called to analyze state policy and develop recommendations for uh, more efficient, more effective uh, state policy in different areas, starting from energy economics uh, and finishing with like education and culture. And uh, Canon Institute is a part of the Woodrow Wilson Center, uh, the biggest uh, US think tank established by the Congress. And uh, the Canon Institute uh, actually works with, uh, it was established as uh, uh, to research, to study the Soviet Union. And since uh, it collapsed in 1991, uh, Canon is studying uh, post-Soviet states. So, and um, my role mostly uh, is about uh, Ukraine's energy sector, uh, global energy relations, and uh, somehow I also cover uh, general developments uh, in Ukraine, including reforms and um, political life. Uh, so how it is going in Ukraine. So can we discuss the recent Russian attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure? These have been taking place over the last two weeks. Do you know how much damage has been done? And is there any estimate on the cost to repair the damage and any idea on how long that might take? Uh, yes, starting from October 10, Russians started massive attacks over Ukraine's energy infrastructure. However, Ukraine experienced uh, such attacks over critical infrastructure, including energy, even before. So it seems to me that um, the attack, which, uh, which we had a couple of attacks in September over facilities located in Kharkiv Oblast and some neighboring regions, uh, which caused uh, blackout, couple hours blackout, uh, was a kind of preparation for a massive attack. 
So the key um, aim that Russians wanted to achieve, they wanna uh, they wanted to uh, cut off energy supply across the country because this, uh, as they planned, had to be a serious factor of uh, psychological pressure over uh, citizens. However, uh, these plans failed and uh, Ukrainian power system uh, remained in a pretty good condition under control. And uh, however, Ukraine experienced some um, uh, cutoffs, planned cutoffs, rolling blackouts, so called. But in general, the situation is under control. So I suspect that uh, when Russians understand that all these attacks are not capable to cut off energy supply in Ukraine completely, uh, they will give up with this. But still, we should be ready to some occasional uh, attacks uh, in future, uh, especially in, in winter months. Uh, regarding what is the damage and how long it will take to repair, uh, well, uh, this, uh, this depends on every exact case, because in some cases, uh, the equipment, energy uh, equipment is unique, and uh, it has to be produced, and it takes, uh, it may take half a year to produce such specific equipment and in some cases this equipment is available in ukraine and uh, these uh, repairings may be done very quickly during a couple of days or a couple of weeks uh, but uh, in general situation is classified on the damages which make sense uh, during the war uh, but uh, to to renew the system uh, sure it will take billions of dollars and uh, many months. In an October 20th address to the European Council, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky said he had information that the Russians had mined the Kharkova hydroelectric plant in the Kherson region. Do you believe this is a serious threat in Kherson Oblast? And what would be the impact if the Kharkova dam was destroyed? Yeah, true. And Ukraine's officials informed that Russians mined uh, the dam and the hydropower plant uh, in spring. However, Ukraine's intelligence informed that the dam is not mined completely, but only part of this, uh, which is, uh, on the one hand, that's good because uh, complete. we will not see complete uh, destroy of the dam, uh, which will mean a massive environmental impact and water could uh, flood two oblasts at least. Uh, but uh, even under uh, this scenario, when they uh, mine just a part of the dam, uh, this may threat of flooding with water about 80 settlements, including the uh, city of Kherson. And uh, so, but uh, so, uh, from the point of view of energy, uh, Kachovska hydroelectric power plant doesn't play a serious role in Ukraine's energy uh, system. So this uh, will be only the threat for, for the cities, for people, uh, and for uh, environment. Uh, regarding how possible this is, uh, well, Russians many times use these uh, tactics uh, to blackmail, and however, they already tried to destroy dams. Uh, on rivers, uh, which, uh, however, uh, were not uh, successful uh, without not much impact. Uh, so uh, let's hope for the best in this situation. So are there any other potential situations like this 
that could develop in southern Ukraine, which could seriously threaten the region? Well, uh, a serious threat comes from nuclear power plants because uh, two uh, big nuclear power plants are located in the south of the country. One of uh, those is Zaporizhia nuclear power plant with six gigawatt of installed capacities, which makes the power plant the biggest in Europe. And uh, the nuclear power plant in, uh, currently is under occupation and Russians mined uh, buildings, including two nuclear power units. Uh, so this uh, brings uh, us to the bigger threat. And uh, in the case if uh, Kachovska, or we mentioned Kachovska uh, hydroelectric power plant dam is destroyed, completely destroyed, so this uh, may also mean a serious damages to Zaporizhka nuclear power plant. So uh, it's, uh, again, about environmental harm and, well, disaster, uh, not only for Ukraine, but also for, for neighboring states. So I think uh, that nuclear, so nuclear threat is the biggest threat in, in these terms. And uh, South Ukrainian nuclear power plant, which is controlled by Ukrainian uh, government, uh, is uh, much or less safe. However, we saw twice Russians shooting with missiles uh, in the area of the location of the nuclear power plant, which also poses a serious risk, environmental risk. So how do you think Ukraine will be able to get through this winter with its current major cutback in electrical power and the rolling blackouts, which, of course, are due to the recent Russian attacks? Well, uh, the situation is very hard to predict in details because at huge extent, this will depend on how severe Russian attacks will be and how effective Ukraine's uh, air defense forces will be. But uh, still... I expect that we will not see a total blackout in the country. However, we may see these uh, planned cutoffs, these rolling blackouts, and maybe some regions, some cities may uh, suffer from uh, complete blackouts and uh, losses of centralized heat supplies. When, for example, uh, some Russian missile hits a cogeneration thermal power plant or some boiler house. So, uh, in general, situation will be much or less controlled, but some regions may suffer from these attacks. And we've been focusing on the south of Ukraine, but there are there other areas in Ukraine that have been really negatively affected by this uh, Russian attack on the energy infrastructure? Well, actually, uh, nowadays, there is no uh, some specific region or city that may feel safe in this situation. Because uh, during the attack of October 10th, actually 13 regions uh, were attacked by missiles or drones across the country. And even the city uh, of Lviv, which is uh, located on the western border uh, of Ukraine, very close to, to Poland, this experienced uh, many hours uh, electricity supply shortage. So uh, in terms of attacks over electricity facilities, of energy facilities in general, no area can feel uh, totally safe and protected from uh, these attacks. What do you suggest should be done now by Ukraine's military to defend against future Russian attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure? Well, it is about strengthening capabilities to, to protect uh, Ukraine's uh, airspace from these attacks. And Ukraine's air forces are doing this better and better every time. So the efficiency of uh, using air defense system is increasing. Uh, but still, we are much dependent on having the systems because uh, these are not always enough, considering that 
uh, these missiles and these drones come not only from uh, Belarus, from Russia, but these come also from Belarus, uh, from the Black Sea, from Caspian Sea. So Russia do have uh, huge capabilities to attack from the air, and uh, uh, we can improve the situation where the receiving more military aid, more air defense systems. And have the attacks been primarily missiles, or are the Iranian drones also involved in this? Uh, this depends. For example, during October 10 and 11, mostly uh, there were used missiles. And one week later, on October 17, 18, mostly uh, these were uh, Iranian drones, uh, which actually uh, even uh, damaged some infrastructure and uh, residential building in the town, downtown of Kiev. Andrian, unfortunately, we're almost out of time, but I did have one final question for you. Do you think Ukraine has the resources to repair its damaged energy infrastructure? Or would this be more of an international joint effort to do this? Uh, well, considering these losses, I think, and considering the condition of Ukraine's economy today, uh, it will be very difficult for Ukraine to repair this infrastructure just uh, by uh, ourselves. So uh, Ukraine will need... Uh, a joint international effort to rebuild uh, the Ukraine's energy system. Uh, and at the same time, it will be a contribution to more sustainable and to green energy, because this will be a chance to uh, have a much more efficient and sustainable uh, energy sector in Ukraine. Andrian, I want to thank you again for joining us on Krenitsa today. Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure. I have been speaking with Andrian Prokip, who is a senior associate at the Kennan Institute Kiev office and also director of their energy program with the Ukrainian Institute for the Future. And I'm Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kennanitsia the Well, a podcast series about interesting and remarkable Ukrainians from around the globe. This episode has been produced for the Ukrainian Weekly a newspaper published in the United States in English since 1933 for the global Ukrainian community. Until next time, that's all for now.